What's up, everybody? Thank you again for tuning into the podcast. And if this is your first time, click the subscribe button on whatever platform it is you're listening and leave me a comment, leave a review, listen to this episode, give me your feedback, let us know what you think of the show, share it with friends. It's the best way to support it. I appreciate it a ton. My guest today has been on this podcast, I believe, five times. This might be the sixth. Um, he's become a really good friend, and he's also one of the most controversial guests that I've had. Uh, just a warning in case you're triggered. Um, but this conversation was one that I really wanted to have with him. And I, you know, I, I don't know, I come on here, I talk about a lot of things, sometimes serious, sometimes passion. I just had uh, Tim Baltus on. He's a drummer. Uh, just a fun episode. We talked about music. Um, I've talked about politics. I've gotten away from that. It's just kind of gotten to an annoyance level with me. And I, you know, I touch on the vaccine shit and this, I've touched on COVID a number of times, but I really, I'm getting a little concerned with all the things that I'm seeing happening as it pertains to mandates. And uh, I personally had something happen recently where um, some social media posts were censored because of a post that I shared, which just outlined the uh, Pfizer influence over all of our media. You know, every kind of showed a video compilation that I shared of Pfizer ads on all of the top news networks. And I just, you know, make your own assumptions there, but just sharing that on social media uh, caused some issues. And it just got me thinking, now is the time that if you have an opinion on this, to have a, a conversation which really explores what those thoughts are. And we have to listen to all sides. I think one thing I'm really going to make a point to do is really go and listen to the opposing sides of the argument. I'm sure I'm going to learn things. I'm sure I'm going to possibly change my opinion on aspects of things. But I also feel like it's a, a great way to reaffirm the the truths that you believe to be true and to to pressure test those in the public forum. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, yeah, give it up for my guest, Zach Moore. Before we enjoy this episode though, a quick shout out from our sponsor and sponsor of 10th planet Austin, where Zach trains and is a active participant in grappling action is the best specialty roast coffee and natural supplements that you can find. And it's products like Active, which is a broad-spectrum turmeric and hemp-based product that's great for reduction of inflammation. I know that's the big thing that the guys down in Austin do. We've got some exciting news actually to come with a new athlete coming on board. Um, but yeah, I mean, Active has been a huge help and a benefit for me, both in getting back on track for a higher level of physical activity and some gut problems that I'm having. I'm a firm believer that the turmeric play a huge role in some problems that I've been trying to overcome. Um, but yeah, listen, use code word curious, you'll save 15%. And if you sign up for that subscription, you'll save 20% off. That's right, 20% off on subscription orders. And you don't have to remember to go and put it in every month and have your stuff show up. Go to drinkaction.com. Use code word curious. You'll get the best tasting specialty roast coffee and best natural supplements that you can find on the market. Take some action and enjoy this episode. 
Yeah, I gotta take my shameless plug. Dude, do the my, shameless plug. I've been taking two at two in the morning, two at night. Dude, it is it blows my mind. <clears throat> I used to take eight ibuprofen and really oh daily. Yeah, broken up like two, and then oh that doesn't work. I'll take another three. And another couple later on, like I was doing eight to 10 of them. When I played baseball, I had such bad tendonitis in my arm constantly that we were playing two or three times a week. You were practicing in between. And in the summertime, I was playing Legion ball, traveling, plus other leagues. So it was like a wood bat league usually. So it was constant. I was just lathering in icy hot and taking way too many i had a jumbo bat thing of ibuprofen in my bag dude speaking of ibuprofen i i would have a the ball of my foot would always like flare up like there was like a bone in there that like was just i don't know if you would call it breaking but like the ball of my foot would have like some really like serious pain we'd put we'd like tape it up and we put like a pad under it but yeah i was a big ibuprofen guy too uh, obviously wasn't good for you obviously wasn't good i i like to use an ibuprofen and an s uh a Tylenol, whatever, with active. If I have something really, really bad, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, this a doesn't. I can't take active and like makes my headache go away the way that I can take in a leave and make my headache go away. But I'll tell you, there's a markable difference. And I, I posted something on my Instagram about it because I think people don't realize this isn't something that made me gain 15 pounds and but what it did is it gave me the ability to get my ass back in the fucking gym because it's an excuse that i was using but eliminating excuses is also a good way to like get your ass back on track and so i had to figure out a way you could add things like it's like sometimes a lot of people want to change their life by adding stuff to it but you could subtract stuff from so like in a similar manner like it's like, it's not like it's adding like some sort of mass or bulking or whatever, but like that weed does that for me, where it was like, people could be like, weed makes you lazy, weed, whatever. For me, weed like was what allowed me to get back in the gym. Cause I was like getting off pills and things like that at that time. And it would give me, or it would make me want to go hiking. Cause I just get lit and I listen to a podcast and I end up walking for an hour and a half because I just went as far deep into the woods and up the mountain that I could. And then I'd turn around and I'd have to walk all the way back. It's just, it is what it is. You just try and get yourself going. And some days you'd only walk to point A and some days you walk to point B and some days you all go all the way to point C, like real deep in the woods. But, um, you know, it depended on the vibe, depending on how high you got, depending on the podcast you were listening to. Um, but like that is key, weed active. Um, these are the products that, put you in a position where you're capable of uh doing more like or wanting to do more you know mm-hmm. and, and feeling okay feeling capable of getting out there putting yourself in the space to do so uh, is obviously critical yeah i get a lot of the i don't know if my wife's listening to this but she gives me a lot of shit because i'm always like i'm coming home sore you know it you know what i mean yeah. you're you're rolling three times as much as i am and just those nights where I'm like, God, my neck's killing me or my knees are really sore. Or, you know, I twisted my finger backwards or dislocated a finger. And she's like, well, it's almost like because I choose to do it, it hurts less. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I think also you talk about how much I roll. Um, but that's a part of the journey too, is that like, once you, 
you start to know how to conserve energy and not like tense up and not like, I was just, dude, I'm still at the gym. I've been here since 6am. Uh, I open up, I go from six to 12. Usually now I'm at six, six from here to six, the next two days. Cause homie, one of our homies is getting his wisdom teeth taken out. Um, I'm here from like six to two thirty today. Got a haircut, came back. I'm here from five to seven for all the night classes, like working the front desk, doing whatever. Um, and then Ben Eddie's now with us as well. Uh, a Gio Martinez black belt. Uh, he just put it on me, just beat the shit out of me. Uh, after I went with one of our brown belts for about a half hour, he's coming back from a neck thing. Um, uh, what our brown belt is, but man, it's just like, you know, you can put your pacing at like 60%, 65%, even with Ben, like Ben was putting it on me, but we weren't going a hundred percent. Uh, Ben was just catching me. Like he does. He's probably one of the, I don't know. That guard gonna, is. Yeah. He, I'm not going to put a number on it, but in terms of being a bottom player, he's one of the top guys in the world. And so now we've got that at the gym to go up against and get those reps in and feel you know, he got me his uh, squeeze and his ability to utilize his rubber guard. He got me with some some interesting uh, rubber guard variations, um, you know, arm bars, you know, the arms in here. Just stuff you don't get to see on a regular basis. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, from the conversations we've had is that we are just end up seeing the best of what everyone has to offer. And from a, the perspective that I'm sure you take on as well, me, me too, is that I've always been interested in uh, – I've always been interested in uh, why, like outliers, like why the the tennis team in Russia was so good. Like there were certain factors why they were so good, and, and then here pharmaceuticals. Well, that's part of it too. <laughs> like you know, they've got like the coaches, and they've got like whatever their protocols are, right? But here, it's like you end up seeing the best of everything. So whether it's me or whoever's coming up behind us, there's going to be someone out of this gym who pops off because of those factors, because you are the person that's able to go, go against Craig Jones, to go against Cade and Ty Rotulo, to go against Ben Eddy, PJ Barch. Like I've gotten to go against, you know, I think we've probably talked about it even here before. It's like, I've gotten to go against like out of the top 10 at my weight, I've gotten probably rolled with five of them. You know, we're not competing against each other on a competition basis, but I get to see what it looks like, what the pressure is, what the, you know, where it's at, where my game's at. You know, listen, I'm, so early in my journey but the thing that i love the most about it is the the ability to dialogue with people who are better so it's not just feeling what it feels like and experiencing the role and seeing techniques that you aren't used to and trying to figure out problems that you've never been exposed to before but it's then the ability after that after getting choked unconscious and feeling like a fool that i can ask those people who are either on my team or coming through the gym like Hey, how did you do that? How do I, like, how would I stop that from happening in the future? And I've never had anybody that's not willing to try to educate me on ways to improve my game. Yeah. I'm at the point now, like, uh, where purple belt, I've heard some people talk about, and I'm getting so many reps of watching people coach now. And I just thought, you know, I got off work, me and Danny were off to the side, rolling for a half hour, Ben showed up, got some with him. I'm just at the point now where I'm just rolling so much. I'm rolling. Uh, you know, Eddie talks about it all the time. You can't stop learning. You can't stop going to class, all that. Like, I'm I'm watching all these reps. I'm getting to be, like, the secondary coach in a lot of classes because we have so many free trials. Uh, as anyone listening to this might know, uh, not anyone, but a lot of people listen. Well, anyone listening to this knows Joe Rogan is in Austin. Um, with that and with flow grappling being here and just with – 
freedom being here and, and with the example that we set here as well. I mean, we've grown so much over the last year uh, and it's a great story. Everyone knows about homie in New Jersey, uh, Ian Smith, but the story of what we've done here since we opened on like May 18th of last year, we kept training throughout early into uh, the, pan the pandemic, quote unquote, the thing that happened, the event, the fucking great reset. Um, the, the, the thing that's still happening. The thing that's still the thing happening. Still going on. That people are still pretending is going on, but isn't real. So it's not going on unless you think it's going on, or unless you're in involved in an industry where people are still pretending it's going on. Now that I'm working here, it's not going on to me anymore. The event's not going on. I don't. Sometimes someone walks in here with a mask, and okay, but like so I go to the grocery store, and all the white people who have you know, fucking want to show you how much, how much they care about everything, especially if you go to central market or you go to whole foods, they got their masks on to let you know that they're good people. Obviously they're wearing masks. They're doing stupid shit that makes no sense uh, to show you that they're good people. So they're obviously good people. They're not cowards or anything like that. They can't, you know, but anyway, um, the growth that we've seen, you know, in this, in this place with jujitsu is, uh, is substantial. And, uh, also, people know the vibe. People get the vibe. They know what's up. They also know, like, they need to get around normal people, man. Like, it can't be, like, this world, that it's fucking fake. Like, they work at, a lot of people are working at jobs where, like, they got to put on a fake face. They got to put a mask on. I mean, how much more symbolic do you need to be than the fact that people have to put a mask on to take part in, a, in civil society? or like what, what the, the, we went to college. I went to, I have two degrees. Um, you know, I'm highly educated. I should be someone who works for uh, a corporation. I have those kinds of degrees, but I was never going to be able to take part in that. It was never going to allow someone like me in. So it's like the kids who like, cause I wasn't like a school kid either. It was just like, all right, I can, once I, I could keep going, I played football college. Right. Yeah. You can get through college, University of Rhode Island's a joke, uh, Rutgers, uh, ma business masters, like, you know, I can figure that out. I'm, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm, I'm well-read and all that kind of stuff. I, you show up, you pay for it, you get the degree. That's how hard is it, right? Um, I mean, that's essentially what it is. You give us the money, we give you the you're, thing. You're, I can hear the people just fucking bitching right now, which I love, by the way. Um, yeah, you give them the money, they give you the thing, and then you get to pretend <clears throat> your life that you're fucking... Oh, you're special because you went to Harvard because you, you know, because you wrote a, you wrote an essay about how you might want to cut your dick off in three years. So you'll be fucking unique. It's a system. It's a system designed to make you believe and think a certain way. It's a system filled with people. I mean, college is, might be the, it, did I learn things? Surely. It was the experience worth it. Surely. Are we creating a better option in terms of people doing martial arts and getting a job and learning how to, get a job at 16 and start to provide for themselves and some sort of what people where I'm from, I'm from outside New York. So what are you going to work at McDonald's? What are you going to, you know, you're going to flip fucking burgers, you know? So like people, people think they're better than these people who work harder than them. You know, the dude who's fucking flipping burgers, he works just as hard as you like, you know, he could, he could, you know, and, and, and you don't where I'm from, it's go to college. It's, you know, then you think you're somebody, you think you've done something, you think you're entitled to something because you've gone to this school where, as we now know, like, it's not really telling you a lot. Like it's a place where you go, like pop culture is telling us you go to college to get fucked up. 
or at least it was. Now you go to college to get fucked up in a different way. Yeah. You know, like you come out of it, you've got purple hair, you hate your father and, and, and you're like, you're confused about your gender identity. You know, I mean, I, I, that's now the second like little fucking side comment I made about it, but about gender identity. But I mean, Admiral fucking Doubtfire just got a, we got four star general, Admiral General uh, Rachel Levine, Mrs. Doubtfire uh, yesterday in the news. I mean, it's like clown world. Uh, China's blowing up, sending rockets around the planet. We're arguing about what you and I are going to talk about tonight, vaccine mandates. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's cool to come back on every few months and us to have this conversation that we have through text messages and just, we know what's going on. And um, every few months, it's just more and more like, Hey, like we, this is what it is, you know? Yeah, no. And I've, thank you for taking some time because we have, we've talked a lot and I think the thing we really wanted to do, we've had some long ass podcasts, dude. We've had like, yeah. I was looking back. We've had, I think we had a th- almost a three hour podcast. Our first podcast, because I think I, I caught you off guard. You thought things were going to go one way. And then you and I got going about some other stuff that we had probably communicated a little bit off uh, offline about. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know? no, it's true. I was I was originally planning to talk to you about the book that you had written and then the subsequent publishing deal that you lost because of your you know, conflicts with some folks on social media. And Bro, I saw one of those dudes I had a conflict with, speaking of vaccine mandates, talking about the Washington State head coach who lost his job. Like he's some sort of, he's like, what a fucking idiot. Think this, this is some hill to die on. Bro, you're still standing for a fucking vaccine that doesn't vaccine. It doesn't vaccine. So like the longer this goes on and guys like us, uh, the more confident we're going to get that we've made the right decision. We're moving in the right direction. We've done the right thing. And in the long term, like in the internal Christian religious, whatever viewpoint you want. The the thing about spirituality is like you take an eternal viewpoint. What's the long game, not the short game. These people have played the short game for so long. The short game is clicks. The short game is pretending you're woke. The short game is being for lockdowns, being for riots, being for fake elections, pretending everything's real. Like, so you keep your job and you keep making 65 to $70,000 a year. And you're a writer for the sports media outlets. You get a book deal every few years. Seven people read it because you write all the same shit everyone else writes. I mean, most of these people write the same fucking shit on the same calendar every year. You know, in, in, in January, it's the playoffs. Then it's the Super Bowl and looking towards next year. In March, it's free agency. April, recycled material. Which, April, they're talking about which quarterback, uh, which black quarterback is falling in the draft because of racism. And then every year, you've got a Justin Fields, like this year, who's who fell in the draft because he fucking sucks. So he's a garbage quarterback, right? Dwayne Haskins a couple years ago. Oh, he's falling in the draft because he's black. No, he's fucking garbage, you know? And like, it's always the narrative. It's always the game they're playing. And, and the thing is, is that they've continued to, and this brings us to the vaccine mandates, is they've continued to get pulled in whatever direction they're told to get pulled as the mercenaries that they are for the movement that they're a part of, because they're all mercenaries. The reality is, is we're not mercenaries, right? We're doing this for a purpose. We're, I'm speaking out because I can't help but to speak out because when I watch the uh, the documentary Dopes or the docudrama Dope Sick on Hulu now, I'm like, these motherfuckers, it's the same thing, bro. It's the same thing that made me addicted to pills. Yeah, no, it's it's the same game. It's a really good point. And I want to say something because I'm not, listen, no, you're good. I'm not one of those people that 
you know, go on social media and post about how I'm being censored and, and, and I don't fault anybody who has, I know you've been shadow banned. You've shown me. I'm just trying to see how quickly, how long I can stay on them. And then I don't give a fuck if they kick me off. You know, right. Not at all. Right. I, I see how you poison for you anyway. I, um, I've felt that in the past that things that I post or even I, I get even to the point where I feel like if I like somebody's post who Instagram or Facebook views as detrimental to the community, that just my interaction with that person is kind of used as a strike against me. And it it's is. like, it's hard to like prove that and quantify it. Right. And they've built a really good tool that kind of disguises all of this shit, which I think I sent you a text. I do want to dive into something before we end this thing on that, but mm-hmm. social media um, algorithms. Yeah. 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 And, well, they, um, to, to your point, people have told me now that they've gone to like photos of mine and they, they're like, are you sure you want to like this? This guy spreads a lot of misinformation. You go to follow me, you get that thing too. So it's like, whatever, fuck you guys. Well, you know? it's, it's the self-censorship aspect, right? It's yeah. there's, they know that there's a, there's a, a percentage of people that are online who, weren't in the first two waves of like follow the leader. Right. And now it's like, okay, well, you're going to lose all the benefit that you get from this platform. If you even are friends with these people, it's like the little game that you'd play in fifth and sixth grade. Like you can't be friends with him Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I don't like him. So you can't be friends with him. And if you do, then I'm not going to talk to you and nobody's going to talk to you kind of thing. It's, it's so childish. Right. And I don't, I forget where I was even going with this, but while you're talking about social media algorithms and the way that, uh, being friends with people, liking things, following them is probably, okay. I know exactly where I was. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for getting me back on track. It's that algorithm is feeding us like the real meat of what they wanted. It was like the Trojan horse, like, Hey, we want you to accept this type of predictive. We're going to tell you what you get to see, but we're doing it because it's going to help you. You're going to, you know, you're going to find items that you like. You're going to find new music and new artists and new influencers that you didn't know about because we're going to recommend them to you. And people are like, yeah, yeah, we want it. We want it. We want it. But it was just a fucking hoax. And instead of that, they rolled in and said, you're going to see this about the news. You're going to see this about vaccinations. You're going to see that it's like, they wouldn't be able to control that if the precedent wasn't set already that we're okay with them dictating what we get to see. Like we all act like this just happened out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden Instagram and Facebook started to tell us what they wanted us to see. They've always been doing that. We just didn't give a shit before because it didn't have anything to do with our freedoms and all the other shit that's going on. But it's like, they fucking fooled us, man. They got ahead of this shit years in advance so that when it's time came it was smooth sailing to fucking just yeah. do it yeah the uh the reality about that stuff now so i lost my twitter it's part of the reason i like am outspoken is because i'm just trying to figure out what's going on too because that puts me yeah. in a position where you get to ask me that question and i i have a pretty decent oh, like hold I, on I, really quick because i didn't yeah. get to my the whole reason i brought this yeah, up yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. sorry i'm i'm fucking on it just pissed me off bro i shared Joe Rogan's post about Pfizer's commercials Mm -hmm. in my story. Mm -hmm. And the story before that had like 837 views or something at at like the seven hour mark. Yep. That next video and all the videos after 
were like yep. 30 yep. for the whole 24 hours. Uh-huh. And I went to friends. I went to other accounts, like business accounts that I have access to that I was able to go and get usernames from some employees and, and went and checked and searched. And it's like, I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and I could You're not find my story. But yeah. it's it was clearly after I reshared Joe Rogan's post, which just said, hey, it's, I don't know if anybody didn't see it. It's a, I, th- I think you may have even reshared it, but it's a video that just shows a compilation of all the news media outlets who are pushing a very yeah. specific direction on mandates and vaccines and COVID. Every one of them is sponsored by Pfizer. Yeah. I mean, hey, draw your own assumptions with that. But I reshared that. I didn't write anything. All I did was just click the little arrow the paper airplane thing that they make available and i guess just coincidentally my engagement or my reach to people dropped by 90 percent. dude you keep doing that it'll all like you know i get a, a i would get a few hundred right like you also start to ask i'm at like sometimes at one point i was getting like 30 views on a story for like months on end for like months on end. It's just like, you throw something up, oh, still 30 views. <laughs> like 30, 27, 30, it's just, it just decides to throttle you. Like your like, my likes would go from, you know, over a hundred to 11, you know, like it's like very obvious. And what it is, is I think that they build up enough times that you've uh, storied or post, mostly storied because that's where I just, I throw up, oh, found some, found this, found that. Yep. Like it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, a great place to share it. The stories are a really good spot to just be like, Oh, th- this is on so-and-so go check out this guy. And by the way, and- for anybody that listens and follows me on social media, a lot of the times the stuff that I post in my story, it's not, sometimes I'm like, Hey, I believe this. And I'll, I'll usually add context, but other times it's just something that I find that's interesting. Maybe I don't even have an opinion on it and I'm just putting it out there to see what everybody else thinks. Right. Because I just find it interesting which I think again goes to maybe why you and I, I know at least for me, why I have the viewpoints that I have on all this, because I don't have a preconceived direction before I go into any specific argument. I'm more about hearing what has to be said and then using all of the skills that I've assessed over my life, which probably not as many as I could have, but to use the tools to decipher what's in front of me from a data perspective and fucking make decisions. It's, um, it's, it's gotten obvious. Like I just don't understand. And I think this is a good uh, point about the vaccine mandate and all this kind of stuff is that yeah, people, the only people still wearing the masks are people who cannot admit they were wrong. In my opinion. Or like they're so hysterical and so fearful that they're still doing it. Or like they're so compliant and like they just don't want any trouble with anyone. Like I just, I don't, I'm trying to understand it. Like I'm trying to take like a less harsh perspective of it and just like get to the bottom of it. And I think about the people in my life who might still be masking and things like that. And like might be in charge in in favor of vaccine mandates. So there's a few things that like kind of come to mind. And it's like, but to the point of what you're talking about is like, how little are you looking for information? How, how aren't you figuring out that like, Hey, like a lot of reasonable people are just getting kicked off line. Like Alex Berenson's just not on Twitter. 
Like we're in the book deal process, make, talking to people like, I don't think Simon and Schuster is going to bite anyway, but you know, for good reason, because they're not, they're not going to go, you know, topic we're on is a bit of an outside the mainstream thing, you know, and, yeah. and they're not gonna, they're not going to sign someone like me and find out that I had a book deal canceled. You know, they, they, they you, you listen to Alex Berenson and then Sanjay Gupta and Rogan, you know, who would have won that debate, Alex Berenson, right? Like he, Gupta was a clown. I mean, he was an absolute clown who his main goal there was to try and get Joe Rogan to take a vaccine. Like what the fuck were you doing sitting there? The vaccine they're talking about you needing a booster like six months later. Like it's it, the efficacy is there's another great video out. That's just like Fauci talking about the vaccines, like a perfect vaccine, hundred percent success, whatever. And then it's like a, uh, it just keeps going down. It's like one clip after another until it's basically like the vaccine's useless. Like it's like, it goes from 99 to like 42% and just the vaccine's useless. And so I, the people that are still in this thing and, and I was just talking to this with someone outside was is that like they've gone so far too and they've they've sided with such bad shit that i think they can't even like prop some of them probably deeply understood like deep down like they can't come to grips with what they've been on the side of i really feel like there are some people out there that it's going to take a while for them to like come to admitting to themselves what they were on the side of because time after time this has proven to be one of the greatest human rights abuses in the history of the world and a certain group of people have been on the side of the oppressor the entire time while simultaneously pretending that they're on the side of the impressed. I mean, is there anything more devilish than that? I mean, part of the thing, part of my recognition of what the devil is, is my relationship with Percocet was that Percocet makes you, Rogan was just talking about it too, man. He's had fucking Vicodin once. He doesn't even know what it's like. But he did, he did, he does know what it's like. He said, it's like getting a kiss from Jesus. And I've always said, it's like getting like, just being hugged by God. So it's like this thing that feels so good. And like, it feels so good. Just like being woke and saying all the right things and getting adulation feels so good. You're getting all the likes, you're getting all the retweets. The algorithms are picking you up and they're hoisting you to the top. Like if you, if you start a new account and you're kind of into football, I know who the football accounts that you're going to get that are going to follow you. They're going to, Twitter is going to email you on a daily basis to follow. And they're the most, one of them's a, a, a step short of a black supremacist, like one of the most racist guys in, in football. If a black guy does something, he's on the side of the black guy. If a white guy does something, you know, it, he's got some snide comment. It's like, it's a, and he, he, he the, the book publisher that they canceled my book. Part of the reason I was like, fuck you. I'm not going to do what you tell me uh, was I saw that he, he, he wrote a book with them. And I'm like, you let this fucking maniac say whatever he wanted you let this other guy, Doug Farrar, who's like a, a, a self-hating middle-aged single white dude, um, you know, if you let him call all Trump supporters white supremacists the whole time he was hawking your book, fuck you, I'm not going to work with you. So it's like, you know, the algorithms are lifting these people up. So it feels good in the short term. And that's why they're taking the short-term game that, I, that, that I, we talked about earlier, right? That's why they're going after the short-term game. But long-term, that shit is going to poison them and it's going to fuck them over. And maybe they'll have, maybe they'll still have the job. Maybe they'll still write for USA Today because USA Today will continue to hire absolute trash human beings. Maybe they won't because maybe USA Today will just go to a model where like they just, you can get free sports writing anywhere. 
So maybe they just go to that model because all of these publications are starting to do that. So what do you do when that happens? You know, what, what is, what is Mike Freeman and Doug Farrar going to do then? Uh, you know, so the, in the long term, taking poison leads to you being poisoned, you know? So um, the algorithms might serve them, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not the right way. And, and, you know, you, you live long enough, you fucked up enough times, you've lived enough uh, to recognize that the importance of doing things the right way versus doing them the wrong way and, and the consequences of those, of, of, you might have money, you might have whatever, um, but there's an intangible thing inside your soul um, that if you continue to not do the right thing, that thing will not be satisfied and you will, you will exist with a hole that you will always try to fill and you'll never be able to. Puzzling to me <clears throat> because the and it shouldn't be but it's the politic the political the politic politicization whatever the fuck it politicization man oh man whatever word i know they know what you're saying um of the mass situation like you were saying you're trying to be a little bit open-minded right so i've tried i see people and i'm like i want to be able to look at somebody who has a mask on and actually be mindful and be like, Oh, this person might be a cancer patient. Maybe they're going through chemotherapy and they're immunocompromised and maybe they didn't want the vaccine, but they also are just trying to do absolutely anything because they have no choice, but to be out of their house today. Cause they have this appointment that they have to go to for the doctor. Like I want to be able to view everybody with a mask that way. But the problem is nine out of 10 people that have it on are using it as a costume and not as a protective measure. Right. And so that to me, like I, the charade that we've seen, I mean, I've watched the fucking videos where, you know, everybody's standing around a podium, they're all yeah. talking, hugging, yeah. kissing, shaking hands. And then it's like, all right, we're turning the cameras on. They all rush and grab their masks. And it's just such a facade. And how many times do the people telling you, you need to wear a mask have to be caught on video, not like being concerned with it, illustrating that they don't think it's a big deal. And also if you're not wearing an N95 mask, then you're not doing anything. The N95 mask has some efficacy. So everyone's walking around with masks on cloth. Ma when I see someone with a cloth mask, I'm like, you haven't heard yet. Like the, the hardest thing for me is the, the airplane videos. When you see these people who, yeah. They're getting kicked off of airplanes in many cases because their children who are like two and three years old don't want to keep a mask on. But these same people who are going to usher a family who's on their way to Disney World for vacation off of an airplane and ruin their whole trip are the same people who, after we get to 30,000 feet, are like, all right, you can take your mask off so we can bring some Dr. Pepper and some fucking Cheez-Its around and you guys can snack on that for 15 minutes and breathe all over each other. And that's okay. It, it baffles me that that can occur, that any airplane that escorted people off of the flight for not wearing a mask would then serve beverages and food and allow those people to take their masks off. It's like, it doesn't, to me, that does not line up. How, that You're taking an action, which if it's that serious, then... I've had to fly before they didn't fucking feed me or give me drinks because the, some idiot didn't load the plane with the, all the supplies. And that was okay for me to not eat. Why you can't let these people not eat. If it's such a human, if yeah. it's such a crisis, 
that doesn't make sense to me. But nobody brings that up. Nobody questions that. Nobody says to American Airlines, at least nobody with enough authority and in a place where they can get their back against the wall to have to answer the question in a public forum. Because that's the thing. I think we all have the idea in our mind that it's ludicrous, but nobody, and that was, I think, the appeal to somebody like Trump. Trump was the president who wasn't afraid to step outside of the podium and call out somebody who needed to be called out. And I get it. He probably did it in times that he didn't need to. And I look, I'm fucking so past and beyond it. The fact that he was even considered the greatest candidate just shows how pathetic this whole system is that him and Joe Biden were the two choices. But I do have to say, I valued his willingness to say, hey, I have a lot of authority. I'm going to take the lead on calling this out and calling bullshit on it. Otherwise, it doesn't matter if we all know it, it, it's going to continue to happen. And we live through that with countless different things. People can say what they want about them, but when the history, well, who knows who writes the history book, but yeah, good call. When, when, when the story is, when we tell the story in 20 years from now, you know, if this thing turns out the right way for us, he's going to be the most consequential president, maybe of our, of our lifetimes and maybe of all time outside of the founding fathers, because He's the one who his presidency, whether it was him or his presidency, you can't deny the consequential nature of it in that we are now at a point where I think we have the numbers of people like I do think we have the numbers in terms of like people who know everything's fucking bullshit, dude. Joe Rogan gets 10 10 times the amount of or 10 times. I mean, he might get a, uh, uh, you know, they might some of the CNN shows get 100,000 viewers. And they're some of the most advertised things on, on earth. I mean, social media is, is propping them up. Uh, the rest of mainstream media is propping them up. And they're still getting these numbers, right? So I do think that we're in this position where we just, because of the algorithms, because of other things and other factors, like this is a little known story from the presidency, uh, presidential debate, uh, presidential campaign was that like, there were stories out that there were like Indian accounts, like sock puppet accounts that like followed uh, Kamala and Biden in mass. You know, Joe Biden could tweet it. I ate a salad today and it could get 200,000 likes in like three minutes. I'd look at it and I'd be like, what the hell? What are these numbers? But they're not real. Right. No, it's so, all bots. That's yeah, yeah, a lot it, of people. A lot, a lot of people do that type of stuff. It's I a think, big bot thing. Right. And so yeah. what in terms of him, Trump being consequential is I think that he kind of ripped rip the mask off of these, this, this thing. And I mean, there's a lot of things to question, you know, about, about him, you know, in hindsight now, a few months out, like, where is he on the front line? I mean, I, he is, I, he's probably said something against vaccine man. He has said things about against vaccine mandates. It should be whatever, but uh, it should be, uh, it shouldn't be mandatory. But his FDA guy is now on the board of Pfizer. I can't, you can't, you can't ignore that, right? Just the same way that the person at the FDA who gave Purdue Pharma the special label that then got everyone hooked because they went to doctors in West Virginia and said, this, is, this isn't like the other opiates. This is like, uh, this isn't like the other opiates. This one you're not going to get addicted to, right? And so, so the person that put that label on those bottles then got a seat at, you know, the, 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 the head of the table at Purdue Pharma, board of directors type of person, right? Well, and that's See, to I, me, those are the types of criticisms that 
like I look, I when I hear somebody and their criticism is Trump was mean, he needs to stay off Twitter. I'm like, I don't even I can't even have this conversation with you because if that's where your head's at, we're not we're not looking at the same things like I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at shit that actually fucking matters. And I personally don't care what he says. But obviously, you know, barring there's I'm a realist, right? There's certain things you just don't say, but like calling Rosie O'Donnell fat. Yeah. It might not be the greatest look by the, the president, but I don't like, who cares? Um, yeah. It's just, um, I mean, I mean, he is what he is, but it's not like, it's not like the people he was arguing with were like infallible, perfect people. Right. I mean, he's throwing, he's throwing, he's throwing rocks at people. It's a bunch of people in glass houses throwing rocks at each other. You know, it's not like these are the, the best people on it. Rosie O'Donnell's not the best person on earth. How many yeah. of the, so it's like, you brought up a good point about the reach. And I think about this often, um, the reach that podcasts, you know, we talk about Rogan all the time, but yeah, that it, podcast and just everybody who has a platform that not even is just pushing back in any one direction, but that is just having open and honest dialogue, you know, Brett Weinstein. Great example, right? I would say he disputes. I think he even said that even today he believes that you're probably safer in some age brackets if you get the vaccination, but he has the nuanced ability to still criticize aspects of it that don't make sense. And I think that's where we're lost right now is, I mean, it's pretty obvious people just separate into the two sides and there's no ability to talk. It's not black and white. These vaccinations, the effects, the side effects, the negative effects, the positive effects, you know, the benefits that people have gotten, all of it is gray and it can't, it's not as black and white as political parties, right? It's not as black and white as Republican and Democrat, but we're trying to make it that way. And that to me is the the fear. And I do think that there's a lot of people. I personally believe there's more people who f- think this is bullshit than not. Yeah. I think it's substantially more people that think it's. Bullshit I, I, I than think it's not. a big number. I, I, there aren't that many people that are. Yeah. But if you look at compliance, it's it doesn't look that way. And the point being is, there's a lot of people like you and me who don't have a choice. They're getting the vaccination because their job is making them get it, and they. Yeah even though they truly in their core don't want to, they're doing the, in their eyes, the right thing to, you know, provide for their family. They've got to maintain their job. They have their health insurance. Their wife doesn't work, whatever their, whatever their problem is. And I don't fault those people, but what it tells me is that it's going to take more than just having everybody understand what's going on because a minority viewpoint can still control the masses if they have the structure in which to do it. And if that's corporate America, all it takes is a handful of people with a certain ideology to control thousands and millions of other people who have a a competing ideology. If we're living in a time, especially right now with inflation and all the shit that's going on. I mean, this is not the time that you want to be losing your job. So how many people that they, they otherwise would stand up against it. And then once you've crossed that wall how, how much are you now willing to die on that hill after you've gotten the vaccine? Okay, I don't agree with it, but I'm going to get forced to take it by my job. So I'm going to swallow my pride, just do it. And then 
am I still going to fight for people to not No, You're probably at that point, like it's, I don't even fucking care anymore because I had to go and do it. And so those people become disenfranchised. And so it's like the majority that might be there right now that doesn't want mandated intervention into our healthcare for a fucking virus that has a 1% mortality rate. Well, is, don't, give it, don't give it that much credit. I'll, I'll even just, because, just to be fair, I'll give it round numbers, 1%, right? Cause it's, yeah, yeah. there's people that have died and listen, I was told a story and I don't know any of the details, but my, where I grew up in Bradford, my, um, I had family members that went to a funeral today and I guess it was a, a mother, 50 year old mother, three kids, husband's the athletic director at the school, like newly moved to the area and, um, whole family caught COVID everybody was fine except the mom went to the hospital with breathing trouble and died within a few days. I don't know what, I mean, she may have pre-existing conditions. Maybe she doesn't. I, I have no idea. Don't know her, never met her. I just heard this story, but those things, I mean, there's three kids that lost their mom and I, I refuse to be one of the people that doesn't have sympathy or realism when it comes to that. But I also feel like you do a disservice to a cause if you're not honest about it. And I think there's a lot of people who have skewed opinions in the opposite direction who feel like this is completely not even real, like 100%. There's not like, there's something there. Do I think that there's a lot of data being misrepresented and a lot of manipulation going on? Oh my God, I think it's rampant, but something's happening. And even if it's, you know, hurting people who are compromised, that's a problem. But the contradiction to me is I, I was telling you, I looked up things. There's a hundred thousand people that die every year from alcohol abuse, not just driving from dying from DUI or alcohol, um, you know, violence. I mean, how many acts of violence with a gun or a knife are induced because of alcohol. And yet I can go into any store and buy alcohol. I have to be 21, but there's no regulation on that. But yet, 100,000 people, it's like 275 people a day die from alcohol abuse. That's just liver That's just failing. straight alcohol abuse. That's yeah. not all the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Then there's, you know, 400,000 people that die from cigarettes. Yeah. And, and 80,000 of those people are actually exposed through secondhand smoke. And so, okay, now what's that? That's 500,000 people. You know, what about heart disease? you know, heart disease from all the fast food restaurants that we have. I mean, I think you get where I'm going, right? I mean, we could probably find 10 things and just even limit it to 10 things, cigarettes, alcohol, um, heart disease, anything that's, I'll say somewhat almost preventable, right? Heart disease, I guess maybe you could be born with some things. I don't want to you know, I don't, I'm not a doctor. So I, I just know that some of those things can be diet induced, right? Um, same with diabetes. Some people are born with that. Uh, there's variation, but we could pick 10 things is my point. And you could total the deaths per year and it would probably equal or surpass the amount of people that have died of COVID. And it's not to diminish any of those people that have passed away, but to me, it's, 
how can we not call out the disingenuousness that comes along with the fact that nobody, not one of these people who is standing on their high horse screaming that we're, that you're a bad person if you don't comply. And if you don't get vaccinated, if you don't get vaccinated, you shouldn't get medical treatment. If you go to the ER, you shouldn't be able to get a transplant. Like all this shit that is just like not even human. It's yeah, not yeah. human. Yet those people, where have they been? You, you, you've been nowhere as people have died for all kinds of things. I said the other day on this podcast, I saw something from, I think it was Aubrey Marcus, um, made a comment that like $80 billion would solve the world's water crisis. There's thousands of people that die every year around the world because they don't have access to clean drinking water. But you can't manipulate the world by people dying in Africa because they don't have water. There's no way that you can control the supply chain. You can't, you can't manipulate the markets. You can't leverage cryptocurrencies to get rich. You can't have control over that because it's sad. People don't give a fuck. They found a way to get into each and every one of our households in some way, shape, or form. Even people who are resisting this, it's affecting everybody. You talked yeah. about Ian yeah. Smith. I mean, there isn't anybody that's fucking resisting more than Ian Smith. And I, I encourage anybody, you know, his Instagram page, he's got a telegraph, he's got a whole bunch of shit. And if you're not familiar with Attilus, I know you know it probably even better than I do, but Ian and his partner- I have a friend that trains there. Okay. What, do you mind giving just a, a super high level of that situation? Because he's Ian, in New Jersey. He's, he's doing what we're doing, but he's in New Jersey. Yeah. You know, we had a, we had someone from, uh, from, uh, let me tell you a story about Zach Edwards, rest, rest in peace. Uh, black belt from 10th planet Bethlehem died of uh, a brain tumor. That was pretty aggressive. It happened fairly quickly. Um, there was a health director here, man. And, and, uh, Zach apparently said, Hey, go fuck yourself. You know, get the fuck out of here. And that works here. Because that guy doesn't have the same backing. He don't have the police backing him here. The police, if anyone, police are on our side. You know, the police here, uh, you know, there are people for sure. Police are jujitsu, man, right? Like, so, um, you know, that happened here. But in New Jersey, man, that guy's gotten like $15,000 a day in like fines. Like he's, he's had the police shut down his business. Like he's been resisting the whole time. And he's been providing people, and this is what's so inhumane about all of it. And this is what, you know, we're getting to the point now with what you just described too, about, about people like, you know, unvaccinated people don't deserve health care. Like we're getting to the point now where, are you seeing it? You know, are you seeing the behavior? Are you listening to the rhetoric? They're the new Nazis. These are, we are watching people behave. You all, if you've ever wondered what it looked like to see people to wonder how something so horrible happened. This is how it happens. I mean, you think about even just as simple as segregation, right? Like people used to make scientific arguments about why black people were less than white people. And they don't recognize that the same strategy and, and, you know, rhetoric uh, that was utilized to do horrible things in the past is being utilized to do right now. And they're just like, they're following the people that are sponsored by Pfizer. And, and to your point too, about like, you know, we talk about data and we talk about manipulation a lot because of my background with the football and the data stuff and always digging into that stuff. And, and this is something we've connected on a lot is that, you know, you talk about that woman who died 
uh, I, when I'm when I'm with my friends and and like we're fucking around, like I'll be like, you know, I'll say things like COVID's fake, you know, or like yeah. this is no, bullshit. Everything everything's fake, right? You know, but when you say fake, right? What's fake is 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 everything around it. Like China released a virus. Dr. Fauci was involved. Misinformation was the most important and most deadly virus. The fact that we've uh, teen suicides are up in girls like fifty one percent in the first half of this year or something. I saw today. Um, we're we're we are. What's what's funny to me is that Texas kind of trolled left wing people into suddenly being my body, my choice while they were doing the vaccine thing, the vaccine push, because they're like, you can't. So That's they the want vaccines. One. They want vaccines to save 82 year olds, but they're okay with terminating life at, you know, in the second trimester, in the third trimester, up until it's born. We, we know, we know the rhetoric and, and the belief system around that. Like, so we're talking about a movement that is just so incoherent and so absurd that we are getting, we are going to get to the point though, where like the only people left are like really the real cowards and the real mercenaries and the real bat. And that's part of the vaccine mandate push too, is to get anyone out of the military, out of the police department, out of these important national security apparatuses and, or even out of schools, right? Like I had a woman from New York write an article uh, for Splice today, who I write for from time to time. And this woman is not working at, in New York City school districts now, right? Like she's not allowed to work. These are good people who are not allowed to work. And all these people that were yelling Black Lives Matter don't give a fuck. They don't care. They don't care at all because it was never about the right thing. It was about telling you how great they were. It was about narcissism. It was about protecting themselves, making sure that they said the right things so that the people within their industry knew that they put up the black square. They said Black Lives Matter. They said the things they were supposed to say. And here, real things are happening. Bad things are happening to people who don't deserve it. And they are just silent. Like I, people that I know who, you know, are, are excited Biden got elected and are talking about how great the next four years are going to be, have, haven't talked about politics since. Nothing's gone on since then? Well, I did I tell you, I think I told Alex, um, Stranger, when I had him on, uh, about the Twitter, all the Twitter posts, my brother sent me screenshots. I think he found them somewhere, but they were four or five people who were very anti-Trump um, during the election. And when Trump was talking about the vaccination, which I, yeah. I do want to get to that because that's an interesting, I think a lot of people forget about that. And this brought it back to the forefront for me was seeing these screenshots of people who were like don't take this trump poison from big pharma you know the last thing i would do is take this vaccine from trump and then it's like fast forward eight months and they took another screenshot of the same person's twitter feed and they're like just got my moderna booster blah 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 or whatever you know the the thing is like go get vaccinated and they showed this with like four or five people who did a 180 degree turn and it's obviously the only reason being that Trump was behind the initial dialogue and then now it's a, a Biden administration initiative, right? So it's just, and obviously that's not everybody, but that's happening. That is happening. Those people didn't change their position based on data or science. 
they changed it because of a political affiliation. And that's so dangerous. If, if people don't realize I've said it, I, and fuck, if I've said it, who, who the fuck, nobody cares. Everybody's been saying it. A lot of people have been saying it. It's, it's dangerous. It's um, like, I was never going to get the vaccine once I figured out what this was. Right. Like on top of that, like it's big pharma, dude, like buyer beware, bro. I mean, how many times do they have, we are in the middle of an opiate epidemic still like an epidemic that no one cared about. Cause yeah, we'll, there's, like, that's another one. We left off the list, right? How many people no die cares. every year from opiate addiction. And right now, not only that I'm here. I mean, listen, I'm not a partier, but I'm, I've, I've been to parties. People do Coke. And now people are dying who do Coke because it's laced with fentanyl. Nobody's so, talking about that, man. There's, uh, there was the few cases, the comedians in LA. Yep. Um, there was, uh, I don't know if the guy from the, what was it from the wire? Michael, Michael J. Yep. Kennedy. I don't know if that, I think maybe that had something to do with other drugs, but I've heard many, many times in recent history. And even just in my local area, people who, died from fentanyl laced cocaine it's it's multi-dimensional what china's doing like they released the virus they own the media they own establishment politicians uh, they own the corporations that want to do business over there i mean why do you think the nfl has a vaccine mandate i mean how silly is that a bunch of super athletes need to get vaccinated against something that's not going to impact them and considering the fact that they could it, it not probably not going to impact them like the only, like people don't seem to understand this is that like for us, the obvious data is that what is the more risky play to just go out and live your life and get sick like I did for like a week, week and a half, uh, you know, not train for, I didn't train for like 10 days when I, when I had COVID, I just kept going to work. I was kept pretending it was fucking allergies. I just kept going to work and going to work because I had to. It was Christmas season. We had to buy the kids' presents. Like we don't people who are people who aren't salaried at home at remote jobs don't seem to get that right. I wasn't working at the gym at the time, but like it's like it's like people don't they don't people don't have a choice. The people that you're like lecturing or like they've been living their lives the whole time. Like the average person's been living their lives the whole time, um, and. For us, like there's only risk. There's no reward to, to getting a vaccine. And the NFL is doing this thing. And like, so the misinformation, all of this stuff is, is what's attacking us. It's what's dividing us. The social media companies are also like, it's what we've been talking, you and I have been talking about since the first time I've come on here is that it's this cold civil war. It's Chinese establishment backed versus the people versus us. And, you know, with the amount of things that have happened, you know, Fauci lying to Congress, Fauci having a part, I mean, something, someone just admitted today that there was gain of function research. I mean, I was, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, is that like the only way something like this doesn't happen again, because it's already happened once in our lifetime, the opiate epidemic, and no one suffered any consequences. So we have another pharma influenced event sort of thing that also included a bunch of other industries. People need that. There need to be steep consequences for the people that's hap that that did this. And I don't. Uh, sadly, I don't think we're going to see that. But there needs to be like a Nuremberg trials kind of event for people who had power, the power to do the right thing, and didn't. And you know, because we were saying data, like 
they skew all the data, all the data skewed. Like you count every death with COVID as a COVID death. You don't do that with the flu. You, I mean, if someone has uh, Colin Powell, one of the things is vaccinated, unvaccinated. He had like blood cancer or something like super serious. That's really what he died of. He didn't die because he was vaccinated or unvaccinated or he had COVID. And so like the other thing about vaccinated is now like the sneaky thing that they do is that you're only counted as vaccinated from like two weeks after your second dose. So if you like get a heart attack right after, which is happening, like this is stuff that everyone's hearing unvaccinated. about. Unvaccinated. Yeah, it's an unvaccinated death because you, then you have COVID and they found you have COVID. And then like, it's like 15 to 90 days is like the window that you're considered vaccinated. And like hospitals just leave it off. They just lop it off and don't tell you. So all these unvaccinated at hospitals are, are maybe might be people who got vaccinated in January. And, and the whole, the whole thing going on is like, again, the P another thing, the PCR, the PCR test stuff, like in December, they're apparently like switching PCR tests because they finally realized that they get a ton of false positives. Like we've been saying that since last year, like it's like an 80 or 85% rate apparently. Do you think it's, do you think that it is that it's intentionally like delaying to make that decision? Do you yeah. think that it's that our system is so fucking broken that even a small about amount of misinformation, it's just impossible to recover from because it's not organized. It's just so many points of failure across everything. I mean, do you think it's a combination of both more one than the other? If you repeat a lot, it's Nazi, it's Nazi shit, Go, uh, Goebbels. If you repeat a lie enough, it becomes the truth. And so it might not become the truth, but you, you dilute the water so much that no one knows what's going on. Try and remember what the timeline on every important thing that's happened over the last year and a half or two years is. They're basically hiding what's going on by overloading you with information. You know, I've, I'm a writer. I take good notes. I get like very into like stories like this like so i've been following along but if you if i had to piece together exactly what happened when things were admitted when we kind of figured out when this thing was i i take great notes i have notes everywhere maybe i could figure it out one day what the timeline is because that's an important project i think that i want to do one day is it like what was the timeline of the lies and why did we get so confused because it's it was impossible to follow it's an impossible thing to follow because like that's the whole point of the delay with everything is that we'll lie about it long enough that, all right, we'll come back. And, and then here's the other thing is that like, like I said, like people not being able to admit they're wrong. Like if you're still going along with this, like you're, you're deep in it. Like you've gone, you've now gone along with a bunch of things that like at some point you're going to, it's, it's the same as the excuses that you make for when you're doing drugs or selling drugs or whatever you make excuses. And then suddenly you end up in a place where you're like, Holy shit, how did I get here? Like the only people I hang out with are people I do drugs with. The only people I, I'm, I'm going, I'm driving 45 minutes to go give this guy pills just so I can, uh, you know, make a hundred dollars today or whatever. Like it, it's, it suddenly you're like, how the hell did I get here? And it takes a lot of courage to say to yourself, man, I fucked up. Like I had to say, man, I fucked up at one point in my life. And now because I made that admittance to myself, I'm living a life that I, I really enjoy. I have to be um, honest, that was the most disappointing part of the Sanjay Gupta podcast. And I haven't finished it completely yet, 
um, I wanted to try to listen to that whole episode so that maybe we could talk about some of what was discussed there. But, you know, right out of the gate, they kind of talked about how they both appreciated the opportunity to have the conversation on the podcast. And I found it interesting and I thought very strategic. Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, Joe made it a point to call out that he really respected Sanjay by his public switch in, in his stance on cannabis around like 2011, 2012, because, you know, I think a lot of people might know, but if they don't, Sanjay Gupta was very anti-cannabis. He felt there was no medicinal benefit at all and kind of, you know, pushed it off as a detrimental recreational drug, which not the most serious, but certainly not something that anybody should be talking about from a medical perspective. And then he shifted very publicly after doing a lot of research where he supposedly, you know, saw data that really proved to him that this was a benefit and he felt morally obligated to go back and, and kind of clarify what his original stance was. And Joe's like, I, I really respected that in you. And I felt like he was kind of setting it up with like, I want to remind you why I respect you because I'm yeah. going to hit you with facts in this. And I'm hopeful that you're going to at least be open-minded. And he couldn't have been anything other than that so far to what I've listened to, which it, to me makes me really sad because I think he based just on the cannabis thing alone, right? It's a small sample size, but Joe said it. It's like, you're a thinking man to me. And I would agree that that to me shows somebody who he's obviously intelligent. Hey, hey, wait, let's, let's stop there though. Maybe, maybe, maybe he made a decision based on financials. Like, Back like, then? I mean, yeah. dude, no, if, you're at fair. The, if you're at the forefront of it, who knows, man, I'm just saying like, the behavior that I saw on Rogan's podcast was not the behavior of a thinking man. It was the behavior of someone who, who, uh, who has relationships with, with people, I think. Well, you know? and that's, but I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that in 2011 at, or at some point in time, I'm, I just am, I'm going to say that he's, he's obviously intelligent. He's obviously has the ability to critically think. I was disappointed though, because I agree with you in that, this conversation that I just am in the midst of finishing, he was none of those things, which to me he says that it, and I, I have to just assume the reason that he was even there. I don't think he wanted to go and talk to Joe Rogan. I think CNN wanted him to go and talk to Joe Rogan or somebody who has authority in that area wanted him to go talk to Joe Rogan. And I don't think Sanjay Gupta fucking wanted to be there necessarily maybe he wanted to be there, but not for the reasons that the powers that be wanted him to be there. He was kind of a spokesperson for something because I don't think, I think it's very clear from my perspective that that wasn't, that wasn't Sanjay Gupta. That's, that's some guy that's being held captive by a contract to CNN. Rogan said as much, he's like people like that are mainstream. Like he took, it took a lot of courage for him to come on. And I think that, I think that to your point, I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate almost on like the financial aspect of potentially with cannabis. Like if you're Sanjay Gupta and you come out in favor of cannabis, why not buy into a few cannabis companies before you do so? Why not buy into Charlotte's web? Why not? Let's look into that because he, he can also have a relationship with the company and just be like, yeah, you know, I really believe in cannabis and he's been working behind the scenes with, you know, just to say a company like Charlotte's web's a big one, you know, and he kind of spotlighted them. Why not? Why not? I believe in it. I believe in it. Right. But point being is Joe also set him up 
he set him up to illustrate that he was being partisan about something too, by illustrating like, Hey man, like you changed your mind on this thing. And, and I think that's great of you. And then Sanjay comes in and, and he almost goes back to CNN and has these conversations with people too, where like, it seems like the whole point of the conversation was to figure out how to get Joe Rogan to admit the vaccine worked or something like his goals were like vaccine related. Like yeah. he was there to talk about the vaccine. It's super odd. He kept coming back to it no matter what Joe said. He was like, eh, you know, and then he'd cite data and he wouldn't, he wouldn't actually cite where it was from, I realized he would frequently do. And I think it was because he was probably using sources. Like Joe would cite all his data. He's like, Here, here's the Israel, whatever. And I hear Sanjay would be like, uh, you're 8%, uh, something about 8%. He said something about 8% that I'm like, that shit's made up. It, and, it, and when you listen to the Dope Sick, um, the dopes, when you watch Dope Sick on Hulu, one of the things you realize what Sanjay sounded like, he sounded like a, P, a, a, a sales rep, like where you just say stats and you just are like, yeah, you know, less than 1% of people get addicted. Um, if you, if you, uh, if, if it doesn't work, it's breakthrough pain, just like a breakthrough infection. Somebody who just goes in with bullet points, talking yeah. points that these are the things I'm going to hit as opposed to going in with, again, like, that's the one, the one thing that this podcast has really helped me with. And I'm still horrible at it. I talk over people. I'm very opinionated. I get passionate about things, but this has given me a great perspective of really trying to let people express what they feel and think. And it's given me an understanding that we're all very different and we all process things very differently and even if we get to the same outcome, a lot of times the way that we got there is 180 degrees different than each other's, you know, own path to get there. But yeah, it's just, uh, I don't fucking know, man. I'm, I lost myself again. I keep getting, I've, I keep looking at the window behind you and I'm like, I see like a reflection. And as I'm talking like two or three times, it's already fucking happened to me where I'm like, I get lost in my thought. But no, no, my bad. My, no, I'm, you're I'm fine. It's not just it's it's down now. It's it's 950 here and uh, it's closed down. I got to be back here at 6 a.m. So let's do like we got a little bit more time, but let's let's, yeah. hit, let's hit let's hit on this, though, because yeah. uh, the thing that I'm seeing with the dope sick thing, Jamie and I are sitting there and we're like looking at each other like, holy shit. And I, I'm like, you watch it and like you're watching the thing unfold that eventually ensnared you in it. Right. For me personally. And you know, like you hear it like, again, with the bullet points is like, they're like individualize the dose, you know, like for some people they're having breakthrough pain cause they're just not taking enough medicine. And it's like all the same stuff. It's like breakthrough pain, breakthrough infection. They just make up things. They make up terms just like they changed the definition of vaccine. Right. And so like they make up breakthrough and then double the dose. Okay. Just go get another booster. It's literally like the same stuff. It's like the same playbook. And you're what, if you just watch this documentary on Hulu, you can figure out what's going on here. And one of the things too, I want to hit on with Gupta is how deeply, deeply dishonorable his behavior was the night that it, that show came out that with Rogan came out, he goes on Don Lemon's show and sits there as Don Lemon again, regurgitates a lie that it's horse dewormer and he just and he Sanjay just sits there while his friend slanders the person who he just sat in front front of and said yeah they shouldn't have done that and then he's on his own channel sitting in front of his audience again 
And it's like, you didn't think anyone was going to see that? Like, it's so dishonorable. And like, that's who these people are, though. And like, that's what we need to understand is that we've gotten the gift of a lifetime. People that, uh, you know, if we win this thing, if things turn out the right way, like, it's going to be because of this event unfolding so clumsily and becoming so obvious. And like, it's going to be because we acted on what we learned from it. And what we need to learn from it is that all this behavior, all this woke shit, all this, anything with it, you got to cut that shit out like a cancer. Like you can't allow any of it in. It's the devil. It is the devil. How do we do that? How do we do that without disenfranchising a lot of Americans? And, and that's, and that's a real concern that I have because I agree with you wholeheartedly, especially in principle that this shit festers and you can look every direction, different scenarios, this type of problem only ever gets worse if it's not met head on. But to your point to cut there, the reality is the reality. There is a lot of Americans who have bought into it and who, if we do a hard shift in order to shake this from our fucking purview right now, there's going to be a lot of people who don't get shook loose, but who now become the opposition, right? Which I think just like in martial arts or fighting, right? It's like, you want to avoid a fight. I don't like, you don't want to fucking fight. I don't want this to be this back and forth, even if I'm on the winning side, right? So to speak side of things like, that's not a win for us as America. We're divided right now. And we weren't divided, at least not this divided before. And so how do we get back on that right track in a way that gives people who, yeah, they've been fucking stubborn from my estimation um, on not wanting to let go of things that have been clearly proven to be the case because they're fearful that if they agree that there was a lab leak in China, that now they're a Trump supporter. Like it, because they look at things so binary, so black and white, they don't realize that you can have a nuanced opinion and it doesn't mean that you're all left or all right, right? It's, it's, it's hey, I have a brain, I'm a human, and we all have experiences that we can draw from to formulate our thoughts on things. Most people need to shut the fuck up and like just listen, get to work on themselves, man. Like there's a lot of like, mm. here, we, this gym, like, a jujitsu gym's like a pretty right wing activity if you put it in right and left wing things, you know. Um, you know, it, this is the most friendly, welcoming place in the fucking world. You know, uh, every kind of person comes in here uh, because people here are working on themselves and they're moving in the right direction. There's a lot of people that are just crabs in a bucket, man. There's a lot of people that are, and that's what a lot of this stuff is. It's like I get in debates with friends, man, and like they bring shit up from like, from like 70, 80 years ago. And it's like this thing they've allowed to fester inside them because they've been told a certain way. Like I had a guy send me something from like 1946 the other day. And then he was like also telling me how Hunter Biden, like people are focusing on Hunter Biden while shit like this has gone on. It's like Hunter Biden is so much more consequential than this horrible thing that happened to this black guy in 1946. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Yeah, black people have been treated terribly. Everyone knows that, dude. Like, we're past that. It's been communicated. We know. Like, the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement communicated that actually quite well. But then it became this 
corporate thing, just like any good thing becomes, just like my dad had a guy on his podcast who um, who wrote a book about how he, he worked for, he was a part of Greenpeace. And then he wrote a book about how climate change, recently how climate change is just bunk science. It's just bullshit, right? And so it's bullshit science. And he's basically communicating that like, obviously these are all obvious things. Okay, we need to take care of the environment, duh. Like these are duh things. Like they're like black people haven't been treated as good as white people in American society. Fucking duh, dude, grow up. Like we figured that out when we were kids. Like, so what do we do now? We treat people with respect. But when I go back and I have this conversation with this guy who sends me the, the thing from 1946, I'm like, okay, I'm an American man. Didn't even say I was an American white man. I'm like, I lost a book deal for saying something that was accurate. I, I lost a job for not wearing a mask. Cause I was like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. This is stupid. I lost a, I lost a, um, uh, my Twitter account got taken down because I said natural immunity was real. Like, it's like, bro, like, shit's people are losing their jobs because of vaccine mandates like i'm telling you the experience that i'm going through i'm not a victim i'm nothing i'm i'm part of me is doing this because i'm just trying to see what the, i'm i'm just trying to see what's going on with this ride bro because whatever i'm on a pirate ship too man i'm 10th planet you know like i i have i have the ability you know curtis told me it was the nicest compliment he's ever given me he's like you're very you have a lot of courage i admire that i think about that i've been thinking about that and you know and but it's not and i said to him i'm thinking it's not courage i know that i have a really good team of people around me i'm i do the right things um moving in the right direction you know curtis i I work at the gym man like i i have the book deal coming together right like i have very good people around me which provides me the ability to be courageous quote unquote Hmm. but like it's like shit's going on right now motherfucker who sent me that thing probably has a pair of Nikes in his closet, bro. And so it's like, what are you, one of my homies sent me a, a, a video of a pig and how horrible it was, this pig getting butchered. I'm like, man, this guy's going to make me stop eating bacon because at some point we have to like do the right thing, right? Like, it's like, if we know something's wrong, we at some point have to do the right thing. Oh, and you're like, so right. You're so right. Dudes are bringing up shit from 70 years ago. Like I have a friend who I go back and forth with, you know, playfully. I like, I love play sparring with them, but like, like politically play sparring. And the point I always come back to, I'm like the shit that you're talking about that happened to black people, it's happening to everyone right now, but you're so, you're so committed to this narrative that you are the, like the, the top dog of the victim chain that you've lost sight of the fact that we're all on the same fucking team. And like you've gotten, and that's the thing about it it being a thing that festers, this cancer that festers is that there's no point to it. There's no end to it. The end of it is critical race theory. And it's our youngest kid draw. He didn't even want me. He didn't even want me to like say that this to anyone at school at his school because he knew I'd go off. They're having him paint black lives matter posters in fifth grade. You know, we've talked about the pronoun pins at these schools. Like, it's not about doing the right thing, dude. None of it is. It's about dividing. It's about confusing. It's about resentment politics. It's about, I mean, you think about it, like, it's it's all I don't think that those types of things should be, that, that to me is not what education should be. 
quite honestly, if there's time for that type of stuff to be going on in the educational system, maybe they need to shorten the days to like four or five hours, you know, and focus on the skills that people are going to need in a world where, you know, entrepreneurship should be taught, you know, how to manage a, a bank account, how to invest your money wisely, how to, you know, build a business plan. I didn't fucking learn about any of that stuff. I didn't learn about it in grade school, middle school, high school. I don't think I learned about it in a little bit of college that I fucking went through. I learned that on the job. You know, that was how I learned it. But I wish that, and I knew that I wanted to do stuff like that, but I wish that I would have known a path to learn it sooner and not waste a bunch of time doing, for me, college was a waste of time. I yeah. didn't finish. It's a waste I, of money. It's it's a it's a massive. You think about what college does. It's one of the worst things that we do to people. It's debt slavery, man. And like, and it, it, you don't you don't gain what you should out of it. Like it, it's a, it's a it's a bad deal. It's a raw deal. And like it just creates more of this resentment politics. Like it's a bunch of like think about it. Like kids go to school, they party, they get drunk, they study a little bit, they they have on they have sex. They, they drink far too much. They develop, come out with maybe a drinking or a drug habit. That's just something that kind of gets in the way for them throughout their twenties. Like we are stunting the growth of people in some ways, rather than just being like, Hey, like go get that job, go along at your own pace, you know, maybe get your degree at 25, make enough money. Like there's, there's ways to go about it. There's ways to grow your life and become entrepreneurial and find the right mentor, find the right, whatever. Um, and one of the things like, you know, some of the language and some of the way I, I deliver what I just said may sound harsh, but like, we need to like be harsh about this shit. Like the, 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 we just need, people need to work on themselves. Like first and foremost, they need to have good people around them. Um, and this is the thing about like, when I say good people is that like, you know, you know, like deep down, like, you know, like who's living with purpose, who has courage, who says the right thing. Like, who, who actually does the right thing? Not who just says the right thing. Like who says the thing you're supposed to say, like who's willing to like stand up for a belief, who's willing to challenge you on things. Like who's willing to, you know, you have an idea who's pursuing growth. Like, you know, what growth looks like, is this person really pursuing growth? Or are they the kind of person who is constantly making excuses? This is one of the best things about jujitsu is that like, I was just going to say that this is, a, comes full circle. This is why people need to sign up for fucking jujitsu, right? Because it, your character it teaches so all of those revealed, things, right? Like your character is so revealed. There's the person who comes every day, no matter what, there's the person who says they want to change, but comes like once a week, one, you know, if you want to change, all you have to do is show up. Like, because, I, because the engagement is so real and so uh, immediate. And so, you know, the results are right there. You can't lie about it. Like you get submitted, you win, you do something good, you progress. Everything is so right there. It, it is, it is what it is out there. And, you know, if you're the kind of person who's consistently made, I have a buddy, one of the guys who, who works at the front desk, actually. He's changed a lot over the last few years. And I was one of the people who helped get him back in the gym because he would be like, man, I miss training. And I'm like, then where the fuck are you, dude? Like, where are you? Like, you, this is like the third time you messaged me about training. And he was always the dude who was like, hey, my right ankle hurts a little bit today. You know, take it easy on it. And I'm like, what the f my neck hurts every day, dude. Like, I didn't say that to him, but like, 
you know, and I, I was that guy too, because I was making excuses for other reasons. Maybe I'm getting my training in a row. We had the tack fit stuff here and I'm doing all that. And I'm, and I'm, and it's helping a lot with my neck and other various injuries, but like you can train every day. You can do it. When I, once I heard Craig Jones and all those guys were training every day, I was like, Oh yeah, you just need to slow it down and flow a little bit more or whatever, but you can roll for an hour every single day. You can do it. And like, there are the people though that are like, yeah, this hurts. Ah, this hurt. You know, you get the call from, you know, now working up there, you get the call from the guys like the guys like, Hey, I need to put my account on hold. I have this, I have this. He just started. And it's like, how do you already get that? How do you already get this? You know? So you just are like, you're kind of just collecting data and whatever. Um, and just seeing, seeing if that kind of comes back, you know, seeing if uh, watching the journey unfold because that person changes over that time. The person who's complaining about the little thing going on right now, you know, watch out for my shoulder, watch out for this. Like if you're out here, like, you know, just be, you'd be like, you know, watch out. I'll, I'll tap early. Just like, I'll tap early, not, not watch out. You know, I'm, I'm you know, there, there's an attitude yourself. about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's an attitude about it. And like people grow within it and they stop making excuses and they realize that, Oh, I can do that every single day. Oh, I can challenge. My, oh, I can, you know, train twice a day. I can push myself. I can fill out all my requirements as a father, a husband, a professional, and then do my training because the training is what ties it all together. And it's just me getting here at 6am and doing my 6am class and then uh, coming back at night, maybe, you know, that's, I just do it. It's just what I do. And you see people grow and the problem is, is that, like we said about college too, is that a lot of people think that they're a lot better than they are. Like they've accomplished something because they, you know, their, their, their parents paid for their college degree or they got took out loans and now they have the corporate job. They think they've like arrived. And there is like this thing about that when you get out of college, you're like, all right, now I'm ready to get the, I, I'm entitled to all this stuff. And it's what has been put in our heads. Like we've been, it's been put in our heads that like you go, you go to college and you get the job and you know that or at least that that's what our generation was told and then this generation probably recognizes that that was that's kind of a bill of goods even if you do go to college you know you're not necessarily going to get that job that you thought because everyone has a few years that's the other thing that's crazy about college is that now everyone has a few years of that bouncing between jobs before you actually get into your career not every, maybe not everyone but a huge percentage do so what are we doing you know mm -hmm. so it's another good conversation with you, buddy. Yeah, good to talk to you. All yeah, I gotta, I gotta get home. I gotta get to sleep. Speaking of fulfilling all my requirements, I need to get home and see the lady. And it's Mateo's thirteenth birthday tomorrow. Oh wow! Tell the little dude, congrats. Yeah, he made it to teenager years. Uh, and the other thing is too is that, as you know, um, one of the things about all this stuff about the college experience and this prolonged adolescence that we have as a society, a prolonged adolescence that you and I surely have our own issues with, you know, no one's perfect. It's a, it's a very, our society has kind of set us up with like this. Yeah. You can keep partying into, you know, doing this, doing, you know, doing the, just kind of not getting your shit together, but having a kid Jersey shore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every summer, you're right. Every summer, we're going on the shore. We're getting hammered. We're we're partying. We have no responsibility. 
it's all like this thing that delays you move down to a place like Texas, you see a lot more people who are 22, 23 that are married because of the cultural differences of like a little bit more religion, even if they aren't religious, a little bit more religion undertones. Uh, they own a house at 25. People in the Northeast, a lot of these places, try owning a house at 25 in New Jersey, uh, in, a, in this place or this area, the area you actually want to own a house in, right? Yeah. Um, good luck, right? And so there's this, this economic and these social factors that have created this prolonged adolescence period that is delaying us from our most important and most purposeful thing that we can do, which is have children. Now the children that I have aren't, aren't my biological kids, but having that experience over this short period of time over the last three years of taking on the role that I have has kind of hyper sped. I'm in the same period that you're in, but I'm in the different phase of it where you're kind of like, having these things happen but now i have kids that it, one of them's a teenager so it's like the example this is part of the reasons why i was like fuck you i'm cancel me bitch was because mateo and i watched the patriot and i was like dudes had their houses burned down and i'm worried about a book deal i'm worried about a book deal with people i don't want to work with anyway right so me and mateo watched that and i'm like we go for a walk and i explained to him i explained to him how important it was for these people to do that and to stand up and do the right thing so then I was just like, fuck it. I know what the right thing to do is, right? And that's why I'm in the position I am with the book project with Eddie, Eddie Bravo, and his best friend, James. We're going to talk about um, the book's going to be on, on the topic of metal music and on the topic of, um, you know, the rebellious undertones of that and, and the anti-corporate stuff and, and just how that culture of metal has influenced Eddie's life. And uh, influ through his friend, James, who kind of provided him with an older, older figure in his life. But point being, um, when you have kids and when the kids are, especially when they're at an age where uh, your example is the one that they, they follow, um, you have to do the right thing. So this is part of the, this whole push against you becoming the person you're supposed to be, which is the father at whatever age we're supposed to be dad's at. There's that we spend too much time fucking around and suddenly you're 40 years old and you're like, I want to have a kid or you're 40 years old and you can't have a kid and can't afford it until you're X number of years old. Right. It's not easy. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's just this society celebrates abortion when it's, it's, it's literally the most purposeful thing that you could do is have a child. Like it's the thing that could get literally, zero your focus in on things in a way that nothing else can, which is what I've experienced. I'm sure you have. So um, it's a ridiculous culture. It, it should be rejected. And it's the job of anyone who has the ability to articulate it, to reject it and to articulate a better way. So, I mean, whether, and if you're out there and you've been saying a bunch of shit about black lives matter, and you've been saying all this stuff and you're quiet right now, don't ever talk again. Don't ever talk again. Cause you're made a fool of yourself. Or, or come out and say, hey, I fucked up. Just because come out and say, I, I fucked up. But if you're not, if you're not, if, if you haven't seen enough yet or heard enough yet, then what the fuck are you waiting for? You know, I mean, what the fuck more do you need to see? People, people are, people who have kids are losing their job and they're not getting unemployment because they didn't get a shot from fucking the same people who started the opiate epidemic. Go fuck yourself. You know, so maybe we should sign off with that. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bed, you know, I'm a nice guy. I swear. I promise I'm a nice guy. I'm just from New Jersey. So I talk like this. Always a pleasure, my friend.
yeah, good to talk to you. We'll talk again tomorrow. I'll uh, I'm signing off and getting home. Later, homie. Later. Hey, thank you by the way. Ten Planet, <clears throat> I got mine on too. Ten Planet for life. Ten Planet Austin, come check us out. Tenpatx.com. Follow me or don't. Zach Moore, Ten P. I don't care. Who cares? Who cares? Well, you'll you'll hear me on here again. Who cares? The internet's fake. Nothing's real. Um, we live in the matrix. Uh, Earth is a rectangle. The Earth is is probably flat at this point, honestly, because Nazi scientists started NASA. So, <laughs> you know, I'll just say the Earth's flat. Fuck it. But nine. Oh, George Bush did nine eleven too. Um, probably CIA. Donald Rumsfeld two million two trillion dollars were missing from the Pentagon. Sure bought a nice boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure we could have solved world hunger with that money, but Donald Rumsfeld got a boat. So, and Colin Powell, don't forget, rest in peace, rest in peace, Colin Powell, real good guy, lied to get us into war, has basically that war has basically fucked up the whole country. So, a lot of Democrats were super uh, R.I.P. Colin Powell, which is hilarious. Why not play your card? Why not show us who you are a little bit more? You know. <laughs> all right let's get the fuck out of here oh if anybody stayed this long they just got a treat i love you 9 11 an inside job later y'all epstein didn't kill himself bye he, that's for sure we yeah. forgot <laughs>